Well, hello, lovely humans, and welcome to Engage, a wedding planning podcast for the modern day couple. I'm your host, Jamie Wolfer, and I truly believe that wedding planning does not need to be complicated or time consuming. I kind of picture these episodes like jumping on a quick phone call with your wedding planner. You get your answers and you go on your merry way because sometimes not all of us have an hour to dedicate to listening to super long podcasts or super long intros. So without further ado, let's just jump right on into it. Advice on how to be a baller on a budget when you both have big families. Oh, well, you can cut down your offerings. That's a great place to start. Go with an appetizer and cocktail only reception where it's finger foods. You're going to have to go a little bit heavier on that, right? They're going to have to be heavier apps or maybe it's a full nacho bar where people can put all their toppings on it. And it's really, it can be very filling, right? Because nachos are fan. Who doesn't like nachos? I guess people who can't have cheese and it's just chips with stuff on it, but start there. Make your food offerings and your drink offerings cheaper and more simple. It's a great way of doing that. I recently talked about a wedding of one of my dear friends where they they had a picnic instead of doing the traditional renting tables and chairs. And it ended up being wildly affordable because they just borrowed blankets from people uh, and everyone could kind of sit where they wanted, which made it super cute. There's another great way of saving money. We're not renting chairs. We're not renting tables. We're borrowing blankets. That's a lot cheaper. Because those are the two biggest, the consumables and then the furniture. Those are going to be the biggest expenses that you're going to experience with a large group like this. Other than that, you could make it a a really simple and a really small ceremony and have a larger celebration afterwards. You could also go with something like a potluck. So it just depends on what you feel like would work best for your family system and would work best for families, cousins, aunts, uncles on both sides. Do they all need to be there? Would you ruffle some feathers if they wouldn't? Like if they weren't allowed to be there, not allowed, that's not the right way of phrasing that. Would people be mad if they weren't invited? Does that matter to you? This is really pulling back some of those layers because some people are like, I don't care. They don't have to come. Like I have a large family. I can't afford to do this. And then other people (laughs) feel super emotionally indebted and feel like they can't make that choice. So if you feel like they have to be there, think about consumables and think about rentals and how can you reduce those and get creative with this, but while still pulling off a really effective day. One question I get asked all the time is, is it tacky to have a honeymoon fund? Absolutely not. No, the whole point of having a registry is to ask for what you really want and what you really need. And you are not alone. Nearly 25% of wedding couples are now registering for a honeymoon or other cash-based gifts like a home down payment. And let me tell you, wedding guests absolutely love contributing towards something more memorable than like a toaster or towels. When I tell you that Honey Fund knows weddings and wedding guests, they have served nearly 1.2 million couples. They make it easy to register and receive cash gifts for honeymoons, home down payments, wedding costs, and even more. Sign up for your honeymoon registry today at honeyfund.com. How do you minimize stress and anxiety when you don't have the money to hire a coordinator or DIY everything? Minimize your offerings. This kind of goes back to what we talked about with an earlier question with reducing wedding reception expenses. Do not do so much. We're not doing a photo booth. No one's going to care. Who cares if it's DIY and you borrowed someone's Instax camera? We're not doing that. It's just one less thing to do. We're not doing favors. We're not doing a welcome sign because unless you're at a place that's super confusing, a welcome sign is not necessary. I actually did a whole video on wedding signs. That one might actually be helpful in a circumstance like this, but really and truly, if you have a seating chart, you only display that and table numbers so people know where to sit. You don't need a menu. You don't need a program minimize your offerings, minimize your centerpieces, minimize decor that you're putting together. There is a whole slew of things that people add on for funsies, but that has been the tradition for so long of like, this is supposed to be there. This is supposed to be there that now it feels like the norm or a requirement. Cut 
back on what you're doing. That's number one way to make this less stressful is do less, which is such a simple way of phrasing that, but most of us just don't think of it that way. Just do less. Now, as far as not having the money to hire a coordinator, I hear that so deeply. Y'all know that I literally started this business because I didn't have a coordinator on my wedding day and I didn't want anyone to feel like that. So I completely understand where you're coming from. Make sure you have a bomb timeline, like a really, really, really good timeline that you can entrust to your photographer and your DJ. Ideally, if you have professionals in both of those categories, those are going to be the two that pull off a successful timeline for you. Um, so of course, I'd recommend perfectweddingtimeline.com because it's within a handful of minutes. It takes everything that's in your brain about your wedding and you just type it all out including contact information and spits out a professional looking timeline so quickly. And you can have one that's specific for your photographer, specific for your wedding party. Maybe your mom wants one. So that's a great way of minimizing stress and anxiety because you have a very clear picture of what your day is going to look like. And it looks professional as heck and you barely had to do anything. Of course, you can get in there and make it as specific as you want to. Um, so those would be my recommendations. Minimize what you're DIYing and make sure you have a bomb timeline pass it out to whomever might be helping to run your day, whether that's your maid of honor, your mom, DJ, photographer, anyone that could be helping you or it could be an outside family member or friend that's not involved in the wedding party that can run this as well. Obviously, you're in the master plan. So this is something that like, this is why I created this. So you could feel set up for success by getting to this point. But the timeline we felt like in the master plan, while it's great, it's still very bare bones. It gets the job done. And if that's what you want to go ahead with, absolutely super excited. Obviously, I made it for a reason, but perfectweddingtimeline.com is going to be a great solution for you for this to make sure that we are getting through this, you know, as successfully as possible. I got engaged and didn't save any money before leading up to the engagement. What do you recommend are some first steps to start knowing what our budget might be? Okay. So we talk about this in the master plan specifically. So I'm just going to kind of glaze over this a little bit because that this is where you could be focusing on that. Uh, number one, look at what your savings is. Or, you know, if you choose to put something on credit card, we, we have something called honeymoon hacking that we've talked about before, which literally Heather on staff got a free vacation because she leveraged credit card points. Like we have someone on staff who's specifically done this insane. So if you can play your cards right, does great things for your credit. It it can be really strategic. I think we even have like a um an option with is it gosh, what's the name of the credit card company? <laughs> Where they they're constantly curating the best deals for you guys if you want to look into that. Some people hear credit cards and they immediately run. <laughs> so take a look. It's, it's up to you, but it is a great solution for that. Take a look at that. What are your, the credit lines that you have available? What are the savings that you have? And how much of that are you willing to put towards this? We're having some hard-hitting financial conversations super early on. Um, are there any family contributions? If so, what do those numbers look like? Talking to family members about money is hard. We do have a video on that. I know that that's really difficult for some people. It just feels uncomfortable. But it's also really hard to plan a wedding when there isn't an exact numerical amount or like your parents are committed to paying for the photographer. It's really hard unless you get some of that clarity. And then lastly, take a look at your monthly income and expenses. What can you cut? There's a couple that I I worked with and the the bride was obsessed with getting coffee, like obsessed, maybe one or two times a day, I would go to a coffee shop and get it. Is there anything wrong with that? No. But at $5 a day, $25 a week, if she's only going Monday through Friday, that's literally $100 a month. That could change so much. That could be in two months, you could have money set aside for minor alterations on your dress. What does your month-to-month income and expenses look like? What does that look like for you guys? What does it look like for your fiance and for you? And how much of that can you save? Can you set aside? Can you be like, I'm willing to cut this out for the next six months so we can have more money to set towards this? 
that's what that would be how I put together your budget. What do you have on hand? Or what are the credit lines that you have available? Um, who's contributing and how much? And then how much are you willing to sacrifice or set aside in your month to month to make this happen? And also most people get engaged and don't save money leading up to the engagement. It's just super common. You don't, it's not like you have this huge stipend of money just sitting there waiting for this moment. We had someone on uh, the union podcast that did, and it was wild because she's a, but she's also a financial planner. So like take it all with a grain of salt. Are you feeling lost or overwhelmed with wedding planning? Why does this also sound like an infomercial? (laughs) Take a deep breath. You are in the right place. I've put together this amazing, if I do say so myself, wedding planning checklist that tells you all the things that you need to be doing and when you need to be doing them. A step-by-step path just for you. You can grab your step-by-step wedding planning checklist now at weddingchecklist.co. That's weddingchecklist.co. Can I start looking for vendors before planning a budget? Okay, I'm not gonna fly off the handle on this one. (laughs) Yes, but looking, not booking. Absolutely start looking for vendors, right? But in my opinion, your budget's your budget. So unless you have... Unless your parents are like, you could spend up to a hundred grand, then you have that freedom, right? That's probably not going to be most of us here. Most of us are going to have, there's going to be a cap at some point. So I typically recommend taking a look at what those finances are, taking a look at savings, credit line, uh, family, family or friend contributions, and then how much you can save month to month, because that's a lot more realistic way of looking at putting together a budget. However, I do see the benefit in researching local vendor costs. So you may be able to find a coordinator for $800 and maybe that's great that they're probably going to be slightly on the newer end of things, but you can find someone for that cost. You can kind of work that into your budget or maybe you go, hey, this is worth it to me. So I'm going to be saving a little bit more this month to be able to pay for that. You can get an idea for what photographers look like in your area or videographers or catering. You can absolutely start looking for fact finding for helping you kind of put this together. But at the end of the day, the money you have to spend is the money you have to spend. That is the that is the absolute that we're operating off of here. Unless you take out another line of credit or you come into some money somehow, maybe maybe you you are at, secretly a princess and you didn't know and Princess Diaries is now your life. That could be the case. But what is permanent here with a much more fixed rate is what your final budget is going to be. So yes, look away. Not Not look away, but like feel free to look. And use that to formulate your budget or give you a realistic expectation of where this could be going. But at the end of the day, your money is, it's going to hit a limit at a certain point. If you are struggling with wedding planning and you have questions and you just need someone to listen and to chat with, come join us in the Master Plan community over at themasterplanwed.com. I would love to have you in there. Thanks so much for listening. If you haven't done so already, subscribe, jump on over to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a five-star review so we can let the podcast people know that Jamie knows what she's talking about sometimes. (laughs) And until next time, bye guys.